You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. A special shout out today to Jay Hill Marketing and Creative Services, and in particular, their latest venture, which is Bookmark, the editing house division. Bookmark enables you to keep your copyrights, retain your creative control, and all without losing any of that professional execution that is so integral to brand integrity. If you're interested in getting started with Bookmark, please head on over to jhillmark.com slash bookmark. That's jhill with two L's mark.com slash bookmark. We'd love to help you. My guest today is the illustrious Kenny Jones, a.k.a. the Comeback Kid, CEO and founder of KJ Speaks Easy. Kenny is an expert at guiding people back to their resilient roots without shame so that they stand firm in their powerful harvest. I don't know about you guys, but I am really intrigued by that. Author of the Amazon international best-selling book, Comeback Season, The Untapped Art of Mastering Your Resilience, Kenny empowers business owners and dreamers to embrace their personal stories as the core of their success, no matter how difficult or unpopular, which to me seems like we're going to get a little salacious today. He speaks candidly about how to turn pain into purpose while healing from revealing. Now an entrepreneur and life enthusiast, Kenny has been featured in Ebony Magazine. His book earned him the 2019 Author of the Year Award and Personal Development nomination with the Indie Author Legacy Awards. His business earned him a spot in the Dave Anderson 1% Inner Circle. And his coveted cohort design comeback kid book writing course has produced over 75 international. That's not national people. That's international best-selling authors that have collectively earned over a million dollars in revenue. Please welcome my guest, the ultra fascinating and unflappable Kenny Jones. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for that incredible, incredible. Wow. Intro. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> oh my god, I am too. Like we've just been dancing around this for a while. Like, yeah. what are you up to? I don't know. What are you up to? I don't know. And then now, like, we got our shit together, we man. We really did. We really did. It took some couple glasses of wine and some uh some <laughs> couple some videos and it, it went well. <laughs> and some pea milk. It took some pea milk too. Ah, <laughs> we'll get there, I'm sure. <laughs> pea milk is we'll where it's at. That's where it's at, I, people. Yeah, and I was like, are you drinking a white Russian? What are you? So I'm referencing a video that I saw of Kenny where he's like cheering to the haters. Yes. But it's not haterade. No, it was, no, 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 no. Listen. What, like, what exactly were you drinking? So listen, people. <laughs> <laughs> I do this thing sometimes on my Facebook where I really try to motivate folks to get their shit together and in a very real way. It's 2019. Gone are the days where you can just, you know, wait for you to see someone. People don't have time to go see folks. And I believe that 
there's haters everywhere. So, you know, I do these videos, but to motivate people, but before I do them, I always think to myself, there's always some hater in the background. I'm sure that we all have them, right? Some oh, hater yeah. in the background who didn't think he was going to be, you know, successful or someone who's like, oh, you're not all that no way. You know, I remember when you was not doing nothing or I remember when you, you know, was down on your luck and you was at rock bottom. It's all, they always watching. So, you know, you might as well give a drink to them. And so this one particular video that <laughs> Hill is talking about, I tried to not put a lot of alcohol in my video, but I do drink a lot of wine and, you know, but this one video, my drink of choice, the, the drink varies every video. So this particular video, I had pea milk. Mm -hmm. P-E-A milk. And this particular video was about, you know, social media folks and, you know, when you're going to realize that you are the shit, you know, so, but yeah. I had to drink my pea milk that day and Hill was like, is that pea milk that you're drinking? I know. I was like, I don't even understand. Like, how do you milk the pea? I, don't know. I like, you know, how do you? Trying to be better. You know, here we are. We're here with the times. Everybody's vegan now. So you might as well, right? It's so true. It's so true. So like you and I just, we can just jump right in, but I want to go back in time. I want to hop in the way back machine mm -hmm. with you. So I want to, let's catch people up. So you shot out of the womb. Yeah. What were you up to from Girl. then to today? Ooh, but maybe not all the well, way back. You know, well, so it's, it's been an interesting <laughs> ride and, you know, I, I would thank you so much again for the intro. I would encourage all of you to get my book comeback season it is on amazon it is on my website and it'll go into detail about all of my life you know getting to this point but you know in a yeah, nutshell yeah. i i came from a very disadvantaged background but my mom and my grandmother who raised me in an incredible home um it was not the you know most expensive home we did not have much but they gave me a very good foundation um and some of that included being on welfare and, and, you know, not coming from a family with any type of college ed education. My mom or my grandmother did not graduate from high school. So um, it was tough. And, wow. and, you know, my mom being a single parent of just me for a, a while until I was eight. And then my sister came, shout out to Crystal. Hey, um, <laughs> um, you know, but she was trying to figure it out. Here she had, here she was with two kids, single mom, um, and trying to be an example for us who was living in this hood, right? And and you know, still trying to make it work for us, you know. So fast forward, I got very involved in everything because people would pick on me because you know I'm an openly gay man, and and that was very apparent early in my in my life. Um, mm -hmm. And growing up was real hard, and so I was picked on, but. You know, I wasn't someone who allowed people to, in terms of physically bully me, because if you said something wrong to me, I physically hit you first because I was not going to be the victim in that space. So I, I had a lot of anger growing up and, and didn't think I was going to go to college, but someone believed in me. Um, and I'm going to give a shout out to him. Dr. Yardan Shabazz was my first English teacher who said, you're going to be more than this fighting that you're doing. And, you know, fast forward, I'm a first generation college student and graduate. And here I am with now three degrees. I'll be graduating with a doctorate next year. Um, oh, uh, shit. International bestselling author with a great business. And I work full time. So, you know, <laughs> a lot of, lot of lot of work and a lot of, of, of story between there. And this is why I'm the comeback here. 
That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so there's so many different directions we can go with that. First of all, it's it's incredible that you were able to channel that mm-hmm. anger from the bullying and move past that. That in mm-hmm. itself, I believe, is a miracle because it it just absolutely tears down at the very fiber of your being. Mm-hmm. So not only being able to overcome mm-hmm. that, but this amazing flourish mm-hmm. of your life, <laughs> you know, that you are, and you're going to be a doctor, so I'll be hitting Ooh, you up and be like, listen, I think I got arthritis. <laughs> oh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. So talk to me about, so that was a great encapsulation, mm-hmm. by the way, that was a great encapsulation. So much going on there. First generation college mm-hmm. person. I love it. You said you grew up in an incredible home because you're describing mm-hmm. that in a sense of what was given mm-hmm. to you as a kid and what you needed. Yeah versus did you have the latest play thing or brand names or whatever? Like you had people who were really involved in your growth and development. And and that's just amazing. So I want to shout out to your mom right now. That's, that's so hard to do. You know, it's interesting. She is, she, she, um, she's in my book, obviously, as the person that I learned my resilience from, you know, and and it's interesting now that I'm able to say, you know, when people say resilience, I'm I'm one of the people they think about. Um, and so my mom figured it out, and and uh, today is is still figuring it out, and and it's just an incredible woman. So yeah, shout out to you, mom. Thanks. <laughs> Woo-hoo, we love you, mom. Good job. You did a good job with this one, man. You really did. So you've got a lot of comebacks. It's not just like you know a comeback in this area, and then you're moving forward. You've got multiple areas where you needed to come back and nail it. What is the secret of the you know, comeback? Very, very, very interesting question, Hill. Um, when I'm when I'm speaking at conferences or I'm, I'm meeting people who have read the book or you know people who follow me and things, this is one of the first things that they ask me: like, how can I start my comeback season, or how did you do that? Um, and you know what's interesting is that is a quote that is at the core of everything that I do, and it is by one of the most incredible prolific authors of all time, in my opinion, Zora Neale Hurston, uh, who has a quote that says, "If you are silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it." Oh, right. Oh. You know, yeah. and so. Regardless of any situation I had found myself in, and ironically, every situation I found myself in in terms of a negative space where I was at my rock bottom, when I found myself homeless, when I found myself out of a job, publicly fired, all these kind of things that I had been through um, had everything to do with me not really owning my truths and my story, um, regardless of what that situation was. I was I was not... Uh, I was not talking about my pain of, of being openly gay. I, I was not talking about struggling with obesity and being almost 400 pounds and my relationship with food and how blood pressure and diabetes, like I was not talking about those types of things. And um, until I was able to own those things, I kept repeating the same lesson. So, you know, you hear all the time in life, history repeats itself if you if you don't learn a lesson. We sort of see that in a lot of things we're seeing in the world today. And I'll, I'll digress. Um, but yeah. 
No, I but no, I um, hear you. Like, hello, could we open up our eyes? We're like, all can blind. we please? But you know, um, but I in, in in all of our lives, I I truly believe as individuals, we live on one Earth, but there's six point one or seven point one or however however many individual there are worlds, right? And so you have a world that's different than my world and different than that person's world. And so until I realized that my world was shaped by me and not by the opinions of others, I kept falling down rock bottom after rock bottom after rock bottom after rock bottom. And until I realized that there was steps that I needed to take. And number one was own your own story, regardless, regardless. If you're silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. Well, and you cede that control well, too, because you say, well, I, I'm in this world, but it's not of my yeah. making. And so I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to keep struggling and, and for suffering. What, right? You sort of find, you and, find yourself right. in two options, you know, really in every situation that you go through, whether it's relationships, money, business, work, children, whatever, all situations, you're, you're faced with two choices. You're going to take the positive response route or the negative one. Those are, that's it. So are you going to worry or yeah. are you going to mull or you're going to be like, oh my God, what was me? Or you're going to be like, okay, what's step one? What do we do now? Yeah. And it's that step one getting out of it. How did you get to that step well, one? It took a lot of realizing that <clears throat> when you look around, right? It, when you go outside, there's two, there's two sort of mentalities that I have. First is, first is the outside mentality. And the second one is the baby walk mentality. And I'll go into that in a second, which is something I also cover in my book. The outside mentality is, you know how we go outside, right? And it's like everybody, especially I live in Philly. So um, everybody's always walking around, right? And everybody's on a bus and on our trains and going to work and in the 7-Elevens or wherever. And you don't realize what people are going through. You're just outside existing with these bodies and people that you have no idea is existing, right? So how is it that we're able to ignore those people, but cannot ignore people that we will never meet on social media, right? And so how is it that we we can go in the world and exist, but don't exist in our own spaces where it matters? Once I was able to sort of flip that mentality, it was like, well, I'm going to exist regardless because whatever I do, somebody's going to have an opinion or they're not. So I might as well sort of reach out to where the people who need to hear me, I need to reach out to that world. I need to connect to those worlds of people so that I can make a significant difference in the world that I live in. The second part of the baby walk mentality, yeah. and, and you think about, you know, when we are babies and you look at babies, when they're learning how to walk, right, <laughs> uh, they, they and, and they fall mm-hmm. and they hit their head or, you know, something happens, right? They do not concern themselves with the opinions of who saw them fall. Right. <laughs> right. They, they don't. They don't say. You know what? This whole walking thing. It, it, it isn't for me. I'm just not going to do it because I just can't. You know. <laughs> I'm just going to just forget it. You know. It's and naturally, babies get up and try again. They don't look around for the your opinion and what you thought and who you're going to tell and whatever. They just naturally get up and try again. Yeah. But some somewhere along the line, we forgot that. We forgot our baby walk mentality. We forgot that when we fall, the people that seen us fall are usually the people that unconditionally love us. They, they're the people that saw us and they surround us. And we, we should be empowered to get up and not concern ourselves with people outside of that circle, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like it's nobody's business, but we start, you know, shout out to my daughter who didn't start walking until she was wow. 16 months. I think she did literally say, she was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> and, then what, and then she was like, yeah i gotta get up exactly so way to go lauren she's now 20 i'm glad you nailed the <laughs> walking laura, thing right on <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's so true it's so true and i think when we when we quote unquote mm. fail which is it's like um, it's a decision or a, con- a condemnation that we yeah. make to ourselves anyways. If we fail, it's yeah. because we've decided. Yeah. I'm done. I'm not yeah. moving forward, yeah. whatever. But when we Ooh. fail publicly, like it's just, you know, like can you walk down the street and trip it over a crack in the thing. sidewalk? <laughs> <laughs> you trip in front of people? Oh, Life is over at that point, right? It's it's sort of like pain takes a backseat to embarrassment at that point. It's like, I don't care that I'm in pain. I'm just going to keep walking because no one can know that I tripped. It's ridiculous. So this is the shame that you talk about. You talk about getting over shame. Well, you know, there's power in shame. I I really believe that because where where shame happened, we've we've been conditioned, in my opinion. And this is only in my life and the comeback kids that I've worked with and every single successful Mm -hmm. person that I've seen. Hey, Oprah, you know, uh, hey, 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 um, Mm -hmm. Gail, Dave, you know, Gail uh, from, you know, her friend Gail. Uh, hey, all of these Ellen DeGeneres, you know, these people who are successful, then they they talk about those moments where it was shame and People looked at them when yeah. they made mistakes or when they were fired or when they, they you know, did something and, you know, nobody gave them an opportunity. When you are, when you're facing shame, you're sort of faced with your own self because it feels like nobody is there. And in a way, you're right, right? I, I believe that shame mm-hmm. sort of enters to sort of invigorate you to remind you that you have the power to get out of this or we can just stay here. These are your options, right? Yeah, you have two <laughs> options. That's it. You don't have any more. And so shame <laughs> I love that. Gives, it, it, it empowers us to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, because yeah. everybody's looking anyway and they already got in the pain. And so why would I continue to mull in this shame? I got to get up and do something, you know? And, yeah. and, it is, and I promise you, anybody who's listening to this, there's somebody who's going to forgive you. There's somebody who's not going to care about that situation that you have so much shame about. There is somebody who's going to introduce you to your next world. And so that for me is is the power of shame. Yeah. And when you're shameful or feeling shameful and feeling like you have to answer to everybody you and you don't, you don't have to answer don't. to a damn person, by the way, when you <laughs> fall on your face, you can just simply get mm-hmm, up and mm-hmm, stand there mm-hmm, in your mm-hmm. truth. And just let your actions and your silence speak yeah. about your intentions. You don't owe anybody anything. But I think you, you touched on something really important, which is like shame is a two-sided yeah, is. street here. So you can use it to dig as mm-hmm. deep as you want. Do you mm-hmm. want to stay there, never get up, gain mm-hmm. a million mm-hmm. pounds? Eat all the buttermilk, uh, whatever. I don't know. Do people drink I, listen, buttermilk separately? Know, Probably almost. not. 
<laughs> yeah, it sounded like a really fattening food just because butter. <laughs> if I was in a place, I sure would. Shoot, where's the buttermilk and syrup? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. when you're in that place and you justify it, well, I'm yeah. shit, yeah. so I'm just gonna, and yeah. it doesn't matter. And so you've, I mean, I did not know that you yeah. were homeless yeah. Yeah, at one point years. too. Uh, mm-hmm. I was too. Mm-hmm. Oh, for two years. I yeah. only did like yeah. three months. Yeah. Two, two years. fucking years. What did you do? You know, it, it was um, it was a point of shame. You know, I was shameful of of how I yeah. got there, right? And how I got there was in a very um, confusing place. I had gotten um, laid off for some budget cuts, and I didn't want to tell my friends, so I just. Mm-hmm disappeared Mm -hmm. and and sort of slept like on couches and you know in a college dorm room somewhere Mm -hmm. with you know someone who was paying college tuition you know like I was it was a mess and for two years I was in that space and was like what are you doing here like what is what is this like what what here you are with just your fan and clothes. And by the way, um, in my book, I cover how I got homeless and how someone who I thought was a friend of mine pawned all of my belongings because she was pregnant and disappeared and didn't tell me. Um, you know, so you got to get the book to figure out how we handled that. Um, and so I, I, look at you just, just leaving these little tidbits out, like some kind of modern day Goldilocks. Little, little just, you know. <laughs> You know, but yeah, you know, and so again, again, one of the the core of that lesson was I had to stop worrying about what people thought. And I I still didn't learn that lesson then. And, you know, until it kind of came in and bite me in the butt later on in my life. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. It's a testament to to anybody who's listening. And especially because we do have some unique challenges in our audience. We have people listening who are chronically ill, or they have some sort of disability. And it can be very difficult to get up every day and try and overcome every day and feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do. And then nothing changes and you're still hurting. You're still in pain. You know, it's a matter of yeah. mindset and moving out of 100%. feeling bad about, well, I want to be here, but it's really hard. And so I'm only here and that feels like shit. So I'm sure. just going to stay here and just yeah. like rotate in this, yeah. like whip the yeah. shitty yeah. in my life, you exactly. know, over and over again. So it's, that's incredible. So I want to I want to switch topics and talk about the power of storytelling. But before I do, I want to say um, I love us, mm. and here's why: because we're competing mm. businesses, and we're all snuggled up like yes, kittens in a basket. And that isn't that amazing, though. Like we're not, no, not aid. And I love that. I love it, and I want people. To hear that, right. so you don't have to be like, because oh, <laughs> that's what they would sound like. Hill, oh, I thought, yeah, they would. You know, they would. With the side, yeah, eye. they totally would. So tell me about, yeah, they would. Like, oh, right, do you want right. me to help you? Mm. Bye. 
Okay. Whatever. Get over yourself. <laughs> but instead, yeah. like, we're yeah. coming together. Storytelling is so it important. Is. It's oh, intoxicating, God, it is. it's, isn't it's, it? It's, you know, it's, yeah. I, I love that you brought up this idea of being competing businesses because um, I don't necessarily, I never see it as competing. You want to know why? You know, when I walk into the grocery yeah. store and I go get bread, it's all bread. But guess what? Some, some people like yeah. Wonder Bread. Some people like Nature's Best. Some people like the Walmart brand. Mm-hmm. Some people like whatever other brand of bread, you know, Mary Jane or whatever the case may be. It's all bread though. Your audience mm-hmm. is who you are serving. My audience is who I am serving. But does that necessarily mean that, you know, oh my God, you're you're helping people release their books and I'm helping people release their books. How dare us try to like cross audiences? No, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not that at all. You know, I, I, I really believe that, no. you know, we're just on the same aisle in, the, in this grocery store of trying to help change lives because God knows. If people are not paying attention to what's happening yeah. in this country, whatever side you're on, and this is not me getting into politics, but things are a mess. So, it, it, we all can agree on that. I mean, seriously, can we all just have that be the common denominator and things work from are that a fucking, fucking shit point, show? Please. And so, we need to find something somewhere <laughs> for us to come together to be able to empower those of you yeah. who are just being like, what the fuck is going on with my life? Trust me. I understand. I have yeah. numerous of my comeback kids is what I'm calling. Call, I call them my comeback kids because all of us were, were are regular that. people. We're not these famous people who are trying to make trillions of dollars off of the backs of people buying 200,000 copies of our books. We're people who were like, yeah. God damn it, man. Like I've been through a lot of shit and somebody else's life is going to be changed if I can help them just a little bit. My, my sickness, if you will, and it, it, it is chronic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I suffered from being morbidly obese, um, walking around almost four Hundred pounds, everyone. Four hundred pounds. My highest weight was three hundred and eighty-three pounds, to be exact. Um, I was five nine, um, thirty-two years old, two thousand and twelve. And my father, who was fifty-two, was almost four hundred and fifty pounds. Who passed? He passed away November Uh twenty twelve. Boom. No, yeah, and so. you know, and I know you were talking, you know, joking with me in my book about this, but there's obviously a chapter in this book called uh, Winter is Coming, because whatever you go through, there is going to be a negative time and you got to be able to prepare for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I had been obese and killing myself through stuffing my face with food and having a relationship with it because yeah. I did not deal with myself. And had sleep apnea and not breathing while I was sleeping and not, you know, taking care of myself and exercising. And so I was killing myself. And, and when my father passed at the young age of 52, I said, my God, that's going to be me in 20 years. That's going to be me in 20 years. So, you know, I said, mm-hmm. I, this, I, I'm getting up from here. I, 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 cause that was scary. Cause I, I didn't even realize how much he was sick after until the hospice nurse said, Oh, well he had, high blood pressure, type one diabetes, this, that, the third, and never told anybody. Right. So 
you know, I get it. I get it. I get, I get not wanting to say anything because you, you feel so defeated and you have no idea what the next step is. And I promise you, you have no idea because you haven't taken the next step. Sometimes the next step is waiting on you. Sometimes it takes you opening that computer, picking up that phone, yeah. Googling that, you know, next, whatever you want to do and just making it happen. Yeah. And, and you're giving back mm-hmm. to people by owning their stories mm-hmm. too. Like you had to own your story. You had to own your story. Mm-hmm. Like I'm morbidly obese. I have to own that. So I can either choose it and say, all right, if I own it, I'm yep. either going to say, yep, I own it and it's okay. Yep. Or I own this and I don't yep. really like it. I'm going to change it. But you're doing, you're helping people with their stories in that way too. And I think in this culture, in this climate that we have right now, in this cesspool and this dumpster fire of a I fucking country that like we have right now. And it's moving really fast. <laughs> it is like we're racing after it. Like, we just want to put it on. And then just paddles in the metal. <laughs> get back here you know like but it gives people oh it gives goodness. them so much joy it gets yeah. like this internal yeah. joy inside of them and and i mean mm-hmm. and you know this being a book coach oh, it is such golly, a guilty man. pleasure it is- isn't it you know what's funny hill it's like Seriously. i didn't even realize that it would be until like my first four authors were published. And I was like, look at y'all. Matter of fact, one of those authors, Marianne Kluster, was my first international (laughs) client, my first international comeback kid who is suffering from a chronic health condition. I mean, excuse me, a chronic heart condition. Um, She has, uh, I I cannot remember the long name, um, but she has her her heart essentially is uh, one of her ventricles is way too small. Um, and so it is, mm. it is chronic okay. and so, um, and terminal, but she is an oh. entrepreneur. She's launched a barber business. She's launched a graphic design business. She's launched all these businesses based off of everything what? that she's ever wanted to do. She's like, I'm a woman and I want to learn how to cut That's hair. That's incredible. Now I have a barber business being able to help other women who are who want to learn about barber licensing, right? You know, after she released her book called Fill the Parts. That's crazy. That's pretty much her book. And so she's just, yeah. really just being like oh. frolicking in the field and just picking everything you want to do because God damn it, we don't know. We don't know. And she, she, she sort of reframes having a terminal illness because she says, you know, I'm lucky because at least I know how I'm going to die. Right? Mm. Dad, you are just with all the poignancy today, just smacking me right the fuck in my face. Just all the poignancy. Yeah, but I, you Mm -hmm. know, like if you hear that, Mm -hmm. think about it. Think about that. If you're listening to this and you're going, you know what? I feel bad for myself. I have lots of stuff going on. I'm really struggling. Think of it, there are she can actually reach into her listen, life and into her listen, illness. It's a beautiful and pull thing. It's a beautiful thing. And so many of my comeback kids are in that way. And so I get it. And yeah. this is why I was so happy when you reached out to me to to do this episode because, you know, um, in that conversation on my live video, you know, I, I ask my audience, when are you gonna realize mm-hmm. that you the shit? Right? You're the commodity. Yeah, you're the commodity. Like that was key. 
when you, I don't know, I don't know what it was. I think it was that word commodity. It was like commoditize yourself already. Yes. When we think about, you know, who we look up to, people who we aspire to be or and we're inspired by, we list them in this sort of laundry list of things, not recognizing that these people did not, you know, they were not born into that success. They were not uh, given, you know, I don't know, special powers or anything. Somebody had to do something to talk to somebody about something, period. You know, and, and so we list these mm-hmm. names, but we never mm-hmm. list ourselves. And so I say, you know, for example, Hill, who do you look up to? Or Kenny, who do you look up to? We say Gary Vee or Oprah or, you know, whoever, but we never say ourselves because we, mm-hmm. we, we put ourselves under these sort of we, people yeah. we put on a pedestal and we, and we wonder why we're always chasing dreams as if we're never enough because you don't see yourself as enough. You compare your behind the scenes to everybody else's movie. And so how do you think you're going to get there? So absolutely, it, it, is, it is one of those things that you must, you must be able to, 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 to do, yeah. So every time you talk, just like a book falls out of your Not face. Is that pretty much? <laughs> Seriously, like every time you talk, I'm like, I'm in rapture. Oh, you're so silly. Okay. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> oh, you are just, oh Sorry. my God. So I'm, I have one more question for you. And um, oh. I, seriously, I feel like we, I could talk to you all day. It just so it's just so easy. You've got so mm. many branches of mm. mindset speaking work going on in your head. And it's like these branches mm. just kind of <laughs> shoot out from the tree that is you. What <laughs> what freaking is that? What is going on with this mindset where one day you tapped into it and you're like, yeah, oh, tap, you know, tap, it's I, there, I and it's never going away. The universe, God, whoever you pray to or believe is, you know, created you, gives us the reasons why we're here. You know, I I wholeheartedly believe that the things that we're supposed to do will interest us. For example, and this this is sort of a a very extreme example, but I'm an extreme type of guy, if you haven't noticed. Um, When you think about murderers, right? (laughs) Something in it. I told you, you know, here we go. Wow, we, we, we something went there in a murderer's <laughs> mind, whether it was a mistake, whether what it was, it it triggered for them to think that this is okay to do. Those of us who don't or who are not supposed to be murderers or are not yeah. supposed to do that, it doesn't even cross our mind. Right? So I think about that now on a mm, sort of more true, yeah. macro yeah. or or micro level. If you wake up and you're supposed to 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 write or you're supposed to change lives or you're supposed to uh, uh, help people get over their chronic illnesses, maybe you have to get through one first, right? Maybe you have to be unemployed first for you Mm. to be able to help people understand how to get through the unemployment process. Maybe your credit has to be in the shithole before you launch a credit building business to help other people. Do you see what I'm saying? So I I feel for me, these branches was like- Oh, mm-hmm. I have a speech degree. I don't have a job in a speech. So let me launch a business teaching people speaker development series, how to enunciate your voice, how to train your speaking voice, tongue twisters, how to make your content resonate in different types of ways that you enunciate. 
because that's not something people know how to do, right? I wrote a book. I've been through that experience. Let me help other people do it. So, yeah. you know, it's sort of like every experience that I have had, and I've learned this from, you know, Marianne, who I referenced earlier, every experience that I've enjoyed, it's like, well, I, mm-hmm. I'm i valuable. I can, and I can add value and change lives, and, and that's how I do it. It's so true. You are the expert in everything you, and like, I do not teach on anything unless I have gone through it because it feels really disingenuous. (laughs) Like I'm extrapolating forward and guessing you might encounter this. So, um, but I can't really tell you versus like, if you want to start a business, bootstrap your business from the ground up, like Mm -hmm. give me a call, you know, and the the same with you. Like if you are on the streets right now, and you're hearing this, <laughs> go to Kenny's website. <laughs> now you're going to have like this, this, this flock oh coming towards you. I've got to talk. Trample. <laughs> but I, but I got, yeah, you, you are going to get trampled. So yeah, I just think it's amazing how you can flip anything though. And I mean, at the mm-hmm. very least, any subject has two points to it. Like it has a negative and it has a positive. Yeah. Maybe it's got like a little, you know, just yeah. trailing road over here. That's something else entirely. But you've got at least two choices mm-hmm. that you can make. And so w- once you realize that every single thing that you're thinking about, you you have two choices and that's it. Yeah, it falls right into place. It is. And it really is. And even when they branch off, you, you will always have that's two true. choices. It's going to hurt or it's going to feel yeah. good. That's it. You know, and, and in every single solitary, and, and I feel happy now that I'm in a place where every single solitary negative situation that happened to me, and trust me, negative situations happen to me every yeah. single day, you know, so because I work full time, you know, I have other types of relationships and things going on in my life that, you know, certainly there's something that get on my nerves every day, but that doesn't stop me from being able to show up for my comeback kids or show up for the, the listener who's like, I really need to hear something that tells me it's okay. You know? And so I, it, there's always going to be something, but I never allow myself to feel negative toward it because it doesn't exist in my, oh my world. God. Negativity. Negativity doesn't, doesn't exist. I think that's the perfect mantra <laughs> to end on. And I just want to thank you yeah. so much for being on the show. Yeah, my God, this is great. I had so much fun. Oh my God. Me too. Me too. (laughs) All right, excellent. With his sweeping presence, you can't unhear Kenny Jones. He is one of the most enigmatic guests I've ever had on the show. We covered a lot of ground today about his wonderful life and mindsets. And I say plural mindsets because his mind seems to just sprout off different ways to think. You might want to rewind this one, actually. We went a little deep in some places, and I don't know about you, but I was blown away. We learned about Kenny's work ethic, how to value yourself and set boundaries, and why interweaving your story in your brand is a smart marketing decision. It's even a smart personal decision to make. It's even a joyful decision to make. To get in touch with Kenny for information on his book as well. And we will link all of this up on the SickBiz site. Head on over to kjspeakseasy.com. And then put yourself on your own damn pedestal. 
Now, I've got one favor to ask you, and then we are outie. If you love this show, can you please share it with someone else? Can you please leave a review about how it moved you, a guest you loved, a topic that moved you? iTunes lets you leave a review, and I know you know how to get to that site. This is me sending you a big kiss for helping us out. That was really obnoxious. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.